Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. We've recently been in a series entitled Future Trends, where we're talking about Bible prophecy. I encourage you to look at the previous episodes. You might want to listen to those to sort of catch up, get a better better handle on what we're talking about if you're joining us for the first time. Well, I'm excited you're with us today. I'm uh, privileged to bring this podcast to you today. We're going to talk in future trends about the rise and fall of the Antichrist. The rise and fall of the Antichrist. As we look around world politics, we listen to the news, it is very safe to say, regardless of what country you live in, that we are surveying the smoking wreckage of human government. Institutions that we formerly trusted in implicitly have been exposed to be corrupt at the very top. When we look at the body politic, it's safe to say that it's more like a rotting corpse. We are living not only on the verge of the rapture of the church as Christians, if you are a believer in Christ, but the world at large is living on the verge of the period called the tribulation. The Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke about that period of human government, especially the last half of it, that he called the Great Tribulation, and he said that there will never, never has been a time like it in world history, and there will never be a time like it after it occurs in world history. That it, it is a unique, intensely horrible period of time that Jesus Christ himself called the Great Tribulation. Well, let's look at the rise and fall of the Antichrist. And I want to be very clear. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. As a believer in Christ, I came to faith in him at the age of 16, and I'm in my early 60s now. So for all of those years of walking with Christ, my life has been completely changed. I know that my sins are forgiven, my soul is secured, my salvation is certain, and I will reign with Jesus Christ forever. But there's another government soon to come onto this world scene. So let's look at the rise of this person that the Bible calls the Antichrist. We will go back first to the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, Um, If you would like to turn there, uh, certainly do that, but I will read this whether you can turn there or not. But in the Old Testament, in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel saw a vision that portrayed this coming future world government. He saw that there would be three governments world governments from God's viewpoint that controlled the world, especially relating to his special nation, Israel. But there was a fourth government that would come, and it was 
begun during the reign of Rome, but Rome never actually ended. It's just sort of in a coma. (laughs) The Roman Empire will be revived again, and it will be centered on the Roman lake that we call the Mediterranean Sea. And of course, that encompasses not only Europe, Southern Europe, but also uh, North Africa and the Middle East. So right in the center of the action in world history. But anyway, in Daniel 7, I'm going to read through every verse of the 28 verses, and I will make a few comments here and there. But uh, I hope you're reading with me so you can tell what is in the Bible and, and where my comments come in. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And by the way, we believe from world history this was the empire of Babylon. Verse 5, And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this, I beheld and lo, another like a leopard, which had had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given unto it, was given to it. We believe that would be the empire of Alexander the Great. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, And behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now this would be the kingdom of the the Antichrist, and the Antichrist in particular. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered with him, unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. 
as concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet and of the ten horns which were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and the other that came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, I just read that, but rereading it, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horde made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance was changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We see here that the 
kingdom of the Antichrist as a godless global government. It's coming, friends, whether you realize it or not and whether you want it to or not. So in the rise of the Antichrist, we see that it will that he will rule over a godless global government. But we also see that he is a godless global tyrant. Look in Daniel 9, especially verses 24 to 27. Now there's so much here that I, I simply, it would take months probably to adequately explain everything related to all of this. And I'm hitting the high spots. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, that would be Jerusalem, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Of course, Jesus did that. And to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. And I want to stop right here just a minute. This is a very complex subject we're looking at here and you would have to study it in depth to understand the details. But let me tell you that the very day upon which Christ presented himself to the Jewish people as he entered Jerusalem on the uh, first day of his Passion Week, that was to the day that was predicted right here. I say, well, explain that. I, I don't have time to explain that right now. But you can research that. Now let's go back to the verse 25 at the end. The streets shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Of course, Jesus was crucified, right? And he rose again the third day. But not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Well, the people that destroyed the Jerusalem and the sanctuary in 70 AD were the Romans. So we see here that there is a future prince or king of the Roman people that is coming. And the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Now it's talking about this prince right here in verse 27 that will come in the future and how he relates to the nation Israel. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now that is a week of years, so a, a seven-year peace treaty, if you will. And in the midst of the week, so in other words, 42 months into it, three and a half years into it, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. 
even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. What the Antichrist is going to do, and we're going to read this here in a minute, is he is going to bring peace to the Middle East. I don't know how he's going to do it. I have a lot of ideas, but it will be pretty spectacular. And the whole world will be mesmerized by his ability to bring peace to this troubled region. He will rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, or it will be rebuilt during this time. So while the Old Testament worship and sacrifices are reinstituted, that's done for a reason. You may remember, if you've been with us a while, that I mentioned that Satan is ultimately behind all of this, and he craves worship. He thinks he should be God instead of God. So this temple is rebuilt so that the Antichrist can go into it three and a half years later, seat himself in God's temple, and declare that he is God and demand the worship of the world. Say, that's crazy talk. Hey, hang on, I'm going to show you that in the New Testament. That's what's going to happen. Now, if you're a Christian, you may already know this. You should know this. But if you're not, and you miss the rapture of the church, and you start seeing these things happen, you will know that you need to give your life to Christ, not the Antichrist. So let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I know we're reading a lot of Scripture, but I operate on the theory that the Word of God is all-powerful and I have no power at all. And that when I share with you what God says, you hear it as God intended and God can speak to you by His Spirit and do a work in your heart to bring you to Christ if you're not yet saved or to if you're already a Christian to help you grow in your knowledge of the Word of God and your walk with Christ. That's the whole purpose for this week in the Word. And I'm so glad you're listening. I am going to read to you now the awful truth about the Antichrist. I didn't get this from any popular book. Well, actually, I did. I got it from the Bible, which is literally the most popular book that's ever been in world history. And I believe it will always be that way. The Bible has been the most in-demand and the most banned book in human history. There's not even a close second. So I didn't get this out of a book that a man wrote. This is what the Word of God says, what I'm about to read. Now, within this godless global government that's eventually coming to the world, that it will be led by a godless global tyrant. Now at first, the first three and a half years, the first 42 months, it doesn't seem like that's what he is. But as we shall see in a few moments, he is actually, I would describe him as the sock puppet of Satan because Satan craves to be worshipped in the place of God. So, he literally indwells the Antichrist at a certain point and goes into the temple to receive the worship due only to the true God. 
So let's read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by a letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. That is, that, uh, that the judgment day you know, is about to happen. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away, that is, an apostasy, a falling away first, where the true faith is denied and Christ is denied. And boy, are we starting to see that everywhere now, even in churches today. But it will get worse way before it gets better. So the, the judgment day, as we think of it, is not coming until there's first an apostasy, as we read there just a minute ago. And then let's go back to the verse 3 in 2 Thessalonians. And that man of sin, that's the Antichrist, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, you might be asking right now, it, it. Do you think the Antichrist is alive today? I have no idea. He may be. I think he might be, but I don't, I don't know that. Well, well, who is it? I don't know. He hasn't been revealed yet. <laughs> it says right here that, that he's only going to be revealed at a certain point. So if you have anybody pointing to who, exactly who it is right now, uh, they're just guessing because this one has not yet been revealed. But he's called the son of perdition, or, or like the son of hell. That's a bad thing to be called, but that's who he is. Verse 4. Why does it say that about him? Well, let's read why. Verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Wow. He, he seeks the worship of, that only God should be given. So he opposes God, and he says, hey, I'm better than God. I'm, I'm the real God. Worship me. Uh, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he... Now, remember I told you I would tell you about the temple thing? Here it is right here. So that he, as God, like pretending to be God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Get out of here. That's crazy. And yet that's what the Antichrist is going to do in this rebuilt temple, where he will, he will try to enthrone himself in place of God and demand the worship not only of the Jewish people, but of the entire world. Now, Paul writes here in verse 5, under the inspiration of the Spirit, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. In other words, something is restraining him from being revealed because it's not time yet. Verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity or, or sin doth already work. 
In other words, let's put it this way. If Satan could, he'd reveal him right now, but God's not letting Satan do that. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, and that word letteth, it means like to prevent. And who would that be? Well, that would be the Holy Spirit. That would be God himself who lives on this earth through his believers in the true church. Only he who now letteth will let. In other words, the, the one who's preventing the Antichrist from being revealed will continue to prevent that. And back to the verse, until he be taken out of the way. Now, the Holy Spirit right now lives within true believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Christ comes and raptures the church to take the church back to heaven with him, while the tribulation period unfolds on the earth, the Holy Spirit, in terms of dwelling on the earth, he will be removed from the earth because he lives now in the church. Now, that's not to say that he will not be at work in the world where people, against all odds, still get saved during the tribulation period. But in terms of where he dwells now within the church, Listen, Christian judges, and there are some, <laughs> Christian police officers, Christian employees, school teachers, coaches, pastors, church members, uh, you know, neighborhood, neighborhood watch people, uh, people in the world, doctors, nurses, and so on. A lot of the people, Christians do a lot of good in this world, which we are, we are ridiculed for and lied about that we don't do. But uh, I tell you what, I tell you what, when, when the influence of God is removed from this world, when the church is gone, all hell is going to break loose on this world. You can write that down on a rock and bury it, and it'll be true a hundred years from now. Because the influence of God through people who truly know Him is no longer going to be there to stop. You say, well, it's pretty bad. Well, hey, Wait till you see how bad it's going to be when there's nothing holding back evil. Verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed. Now who's he talking about? He's talking about the Antichrist right here. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Um, I'm turning my phone down. I forgot to do that and I apologize. I don't want somebody to call me during this. And then shall that wicked be revealed, the Antichrist he's speaking of, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose working is after the whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now he's talking about the Antichrist there. Christ is going to destroy him when he comes back. But notice that before he's destroyed, the, the working of Satan is working through him with all power and signs and lying wonders. Will he be able to do miracles? Well, he and the false prophet, mainly the false prophet, the miraculous will happen through these two. Wow. It's going to be very powerful. And 
the people that do not truly know Christ that are left here are going to be blown away by what they hear and see through the Antichrist and his false prophet, and they're going to gladly, willingly follow him. Verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, that is, they, they get tricked because they're just trapped in sin, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Hey, today I ate lunch at a, um, Popeye's Chicken. It's pretty good. I left a track there on purpose on one of the tables. I don't know who will see it, maybe an employee, maybe a customer. Somebody will see that tract, and it has the gospel in it, how to be saved, how to come to Christ. And that's why I left it, so that somebody, like a seed, that somebody will find it and come to Christ. Now, depending on the person that picks it up, if they're a Christian, they will, they will be excited that there are other Christians out there trying to reach the world, right? Uh, it, may be, it may even build them up in their willingness and ability to witness. So it will encourage Christians. But let's say somebody who's not yet a Christian picks it up. They're going to have a choice after they read that as to whether or not they accept the love of the truth or they reject it. And by the way, not doing anything about it, putting it off, that's no that's a firm no at that point. So people who will believe in Satan will do so because they've refused to believe in Christ. You're at a point, my friends, right now, if you're not yet a believer in Christ, where you know enough that you should repent of your sin, cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, accept what he did for you on the cross, believe that God looks at that as the full payment for the penalty of your sin, and believe that God raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead on the third day, and you can be saved. Because here's what's going to happen if people reject the love of the truth. Verse 11, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And in Greek, it's a definite article before the word lie, that they should believe the lie. That is, that man can be God is the original lie, basically. And, and that this guy, this antichrist dude, this beast, that he is God. Well, that's not true, but they're going to believe in him. Verse 12, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So if you're a Christian today, you've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church. So we've seen that there's coming a godless global government that will be headed up by a godless global tyrant. At first, he'll look like 
uh, all lollipops and roses and all that, but, but then his true nature will be revealed where he will become a world dictator and demand worship. And as I said, I believe it's safe to say he's Satan's sock puppet. Now, why do I say that? Uh, well, let's read Revelation 13. Let me let the Bible speak for itself. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So this government and this false world leader is going to be the, the worst of the worst, so to speak, of all the previous human governments. And it's the dragon here is Satan. Satan empowers him and Satan puts him in, in authority. Now, Ultimately, it's God that allows it. But I'm saying that Satan is working through this one that we call the Antichrist, the beast. And he gives him his seed and great authorities, it says in Revelation 13, 2 here. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. This verse uh, is interpreted different ways. Some believe that it is a uh, government that has gone out of existence and comes back. Others believe that it's referring to the actual leader, that he's fatally wounded, dies, and is uh, satanically resurrected, or he's mortally wounded but doesn't die and he's raised. You know, anyway, the point is the whole world is smitten with the beast. I mean, they literally worship him. Really? Verse 4. And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. So that's three and a half years, right? And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints." And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spake as a dragon. 
and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Imagine if you would when JFK was assassinated, and I'm old enough that I'm not saying I was watching TV the day that happened, but I, I remember watching the funeral. Imagine the whole world seeing JFK assassinated and he comes back to life. I think that's what's talked about here. Wow. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. That's pretty convincing. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Wow! This Antichrist, this beast... And his false prophet will be worshipped the world over. And just to ensure that, they will be able to control all buying and selling the world over. Now, you remember in our earlier episodes, we talked about a digital economy, which is also a tracking economy. Everywhere you go, everything you do, and is a controlled economy giving you access to buy and sell, or locking you out. Have you ever had one of your credit cards that has the chip in it not work? You're frozen out of the system. Have you, um, have you ever lost access to your money in the bank because you were locked out? Wow. And I want you to go back and listen to Artificial Intelligence and the Antichrist and some of the previous episodes that we don't have time to go into here. But in some way, whether it's through RFID, that is uh, implants, and there is a company, a a Denmark company that's come out recently with a um, RFID implant that is readable at a distance, and uh, payments can be made from that, much as through your credit card or your phone. 
One writer called these chips uh, spy chips because um, you're just totally trackable, just like through your cell phone and so forth. Now, the point I'm making is, and I'm not trying to tell you what the mark is or how it will happen. I mean, we certainly see things happening that are trending where if someone were in firm control of that digital electronic system, they could pretty much get the world to do whatever they wanted them to do. So, can you see how there are future trends that we see right now where the world becomes so interconnected that if, that if you're basically blackballed, <laughs> you know, you have a problem. Now, so what is the mark of the beast on the right hand or the forehead? Well, first of all, I want to be clear. As I've said so many times before, Bible prophecy has an amazing way of being literally fulfilled. So even though I don't know exactly what it is or how it will play out, when it happens, people are going to say, huh, that's exactly what the Bible said because it will fulfill it to the letter. So we may or may not know exactly what that is. We may or may not know now exactly who the Antichrist is or where he's going to come from. Some believe that he will be more of a European leader because Rome, the Roman Empire uh, covered Europe, but it also, as I said, was all the way around the basin of the Mediterranean. So we think of the Middle East. Hey, guess what I learned this morning? I learned that all those banners you see when uh, uh, Islamic jihadists are out with their banners and so forth, that on those banners, a lot of them say, in the name of Allah. And that's a very common thing. Uh, so could it be that the Antichrist will actually be that Islam begins to dominate the world and the Al-Mahdi comes, uh, the Mahdi, who is viewed as uh, a possible candidate for the Antichrist. And I, I don't know a lot about all of that, but I'm just saying that some of these ideas are being explored now. We don't know exactly where he's coming from, when he's coming, who he will be, or exactly what the mark of the beast will be. But I want you to know something. There is a godless global government coming to the earth, and it will be headed up by a godless global tyrant. And really, it's all just a front for Satan. And we saw a moment ago in the book of the Revelation that wonderful verse uh, is actually a terrifying and a wonderful verse. And, uh, Revelation 13, 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, that is the beast, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I want to camp on that just a minute. And I can't fully explain all of this, but it's what God's Word says, and I, I trust it. Before you were ever born, God wants you to be saved. And God wants your name in the book of life of the Lamb. Some people believe that it's written in there from the start, but when you reject Christ and you die without Christ, 
that it's blotted out or removed. Uh, maybe I can understand that viewpoint. Others believe that when you personally trust Christ, I mean truly, really repent of your sin and turn to Christ, that your name is then written in the book of life of the Lamb. That would be Jesus. And we could probably make great arguments both ways for that. But my question is, right now, is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Because if it's not, and I want you to forget just a minute about the tribulation period. You may die in a car wreck tomorrow, and it's sort of like, who cares about that? I died before that ever happened. Well, you know what? If you leave this life without Christ as your true Savior and Lord, it's not going to be good for you. You're going to be, you are going to have to answer for your sin instead of Jesus answering for your sin for you. And you will have condemned yourself because you refuse Christ to a Christless eternity in a place that Jesus himself called hell. And he loves you so much and didn't want you to go there so much that he came and he took your place on the cross, dying for your sin, that you might go free, that you might be forgiven. But you have to repent of your sin and accept him and what he did to have that applied to you. So if you're not yet a Christian, now would be a really good time for you to cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you. That's what you should do. If you are a Christian, you should realize from the future trends we see all around us that the kind of things we're talking about may be closer than we could even imagine. There are forces at work in the world, and I don't, I don't think that they know most of them, the majority of them, that they're trying to work for Satan. I think they think they're trying to make the world a better place or, I don't know, whatever crazy thoughts they have, but ultimately it's Satan working through them too. But there are, are groups and people and movements all around the world feverishly working to bring in global government. One world government, the end of freedom as we know it. And if you're a Christian, you should realize that it's high time that our own lives be lived for the Lord, but also that we be reaching out to others in the name of Christ, that they might come to Christ as well. So we've seen that there's a coming godless global government led by a godless global tyrant that Essentially, he's Satan's sock puppet, so Satan can receive worship, and the beast gets that too. The Antichrist gets it too. And we can see even in our world of technology and electronics that there, it's just not hard to imagine that you could be forced to get with the program or be locked out of it. I mean, that should be blatantly obvious to you at this point. But I want to make this point. We don't know exactly what, how all of this is going to be fulfilled. But I want to use a, a kind of an odd scenario. Let's just say nuclear war broke out that had nothing to do with the tribulation, and we all end up back in the Stone Age. 
Yeehaw! All right. So now we're in the Stone Age. Well, what if Christ wants to come back then and all of this has to unfold, the tribulation, the beast, and all of that? I'm just telling you, even if we were living in the Stone Age, and let me put it this way, any time in human history that the Father had said it's time, you can return you know, to Christ. The Bible would have been literally fulfilled, or, or would be if we were in a new Stone Age, literally fulfilled, so that what is predicted here within that age as it was would, would be a literal fulfillment. So we don't have to live in an age of technology for that to happen. So my point is, this is going to happen. And you're going to be on one side or the other. Now let me give you some new information that you may not know. We're going to read now in Revelation 19, and this will be our, our uh, last passage here. Revelation 19, verses um, 11 to 21. I want to show you the shocking end of the beast. So you can decide today you don't want to be on his team, and you, and you truly do not. Revelation 19, 11. This is what we commonly refer to as the return of Christ, the second coming of Christ. This is not the rapture. That has already occurred seven years previous, and we are with Christ by this point as believers in Christ, and we are actually in this army returning with Christ to the earth to take over. <laughs> and if you're a progressive Christ hater right now, I just rocked your world. One day, in spite of all of your efforts to oppose God, oppose the truth, hate Christians, and whatever, one day, baby, we're going to rule this place and Jesus is going to be in charge. And I hope that keeps you awake tonight and give your life to Christ. Revelation 19, verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together under the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. 
And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. I want you to know, friends, this is a shocking end to this imposter, fake beast and antichrist and his false prophet don't you dare be caught with them or on their side as i mentioned i'm not looking for the antichrist as a christian i'm looking for jesus christ to return i'm not looking for the rise of the antichrist but i'm looking for the rapture of the church as a christian and i've got good news for you if you're a christian today Hey, I've read the end of the book, and we win, baby. We win. The meek shall inherit the earth. That's exciting, isn't it? That's so exciting to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to literally fulfill everything that he said he would do, and that we're not only saved, but one day we will reign with him in his millennial kingdom and then throughout eternity to the glory of God. If you're not a Christian today, you should fall on your knees today, confess your sin, your sins and your sin nature to Christ, accept what He did for you on the cross as paying the price of your sin, give your life to Him, invite Him into your life to be your God and your Savior and Lord, and you can join the winning side too. I thank you so much for listening today. It's been an exciting pleasure to preach about the rise and the fall of the Antichrist. Invite others to listen to This Week in the Word at www.dredhill.podbean.com. Remember, there's no period after the DR. It's just dredhill.podbean.com. If you have a question about your walk with Christ, about the Word of God, or would like to let me know that you've been saved, you can email me at pastoredhill at gmail.com. I'm available for Bible conferences, revivals, to speak in your church. Reach out to me, and let's see if the Lord's in it and what we can put together. God bless you. Have a great day. Jesus is coming.